Today's episode of Daily DVR is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head over to CuffLinks.com right now. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. Now listen, the Delta's out there. COVID's still around. We know that. But people are going outside. You can be safe. And if you're going to be outside and you're going to be safe, you know what you're going to be doing? Looking good because you went to CuffLinks.com. Whether you're getting married, going to a wedding, you want some nice fall accessories, okay? And when I say accessories, I don't just mean, oh, that's a nice little thing there. How about some Star Wars? How about some Marvel, some DC, some Game of Thrones? Cufflink has all the greatest high-end accessories that you could want if you want to look good. And they have the fun stuff, too. All the stuff that I mentioned, all the geeky stuff that we love. So head over to cufflinks.com, use code DVR20, save 20% off today. Thank you, Cufflinks. Cufflinks.com. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does Impeachment, American Crime Story. Today, we are going to be talking about episode four What was the title of episode four, Gina? The Telephone Hour, I believe. The Telephone Hour. And there's Gina. She, of course, is with me on this journey. We don't have a guest this week, but next week, the legendary podcaster, Matt Murdick, will be coming on to chat with us about Monica and Bill and Hillary, because I think that's where we're going next. I think uh, so, too. That's what the end of the episode looked like. Um, But before we begin, I do want to say thank you to everyone who is downloading the show. We now have five positive reviews on the iTunes, which is great. We're having people listening on Spotify. And I do want to say thank you to Apple Podcasts, who featured us on... I think uh, TV after shows and new shows in TV and film. That's much appreciated. You know, I've been podcasting, what, for like 12, 13 years. Apple has always been very nice, and they still support the little people. You know, we're not sponsored by a big company or something. We're not on the Ringer Podcast Network. Not yet, at least. Um, but I do appre- I, re- I just want to say I really actually appreciate that Apple still for a while there during the pandemic, it seemed like every podcast was like NBC presents. But Apple has actually tried to bring up people like ourselves who are just, you know, doing it on our own. And uh, I really do appreciate it. So enough of that. Thank you to everybody. Um, let's get on to this episode. If ever there was a connecting the dots episode, right? (laughs) This was it. And I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, I think those type of episodes and kind of podcasting and people who talk about TV, they have gotten a bad name, you know, putting the pieces together. Um, But I think this episode was great because just like we talked about last week with Jenny, we're going to impeachment and we're, we're starting to really see how the pieces came together. And this was really all about a different love story, a love story of two women, two friends, right? This was a love story of Monica and Linda this week, I think. 
don't even know what to do with that. That that got a groan. (laughs) I mean, uh, there was one, for one fleeting moment, Linda Tripp seemed to have a conscience. She, uh, She apologized to Monica, but I mean, honestly, I just think she's one of the most bitter, vengeful, unhappy women who ever walked the planet. Yeah. She's just awful. At least she she knows she, she's awful. You know, she <laughs> admitted to being an awful person. And it's like, yeah, you're you're absolutely a hundred percent right. <laughs> yeah, this was at times really tough to watch because the psychology behind sitting in your own living room trying to figure out what what really was Linda Tripp thinking, you know? Was she really trying to help her? Did she think she was trying to help her? But, of course, she's not. Um, we have some insight. There were some great articles that um, I'll put them in the show notes. I sent them over to you on yeah. uh, both, both Vulture and Slate have for each week have been doing like fact checking. Yeah. Fact versus fiction. It's great. And it really is great. So it does give us a little bit of an answer. And of course there is a lot of dramatization. This is a TV show. Um, But man, I don't know. It was, it was just really, it was just hard to watch. It was, it was, I found it to be unlike some of the, uh, the, uh, the first three episodes, which moved with a kind of, there was kind of like a spring in the step. This mm-hmm. one really did purposefully like sink you into all these fucking phone calls. Oh yeah. my God. There were a lot of them, Gina. <laughs> there was a lot there were. Them. And in one of the articles you sent, it sounded like they were talking on the phone 15 to 20 times a day. Yep. Sometime. Yep. That's what which it said. is. Oh my gosh, today, I mean, that would be probably what a hundred texts back and forth today. Cause no one wants to talk on the phone anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sadly, I love, I, I love talking on the phone and it's a loss that I can only call my older friends. Anyone younger doesn't want to talk on the phone. They don't yeah. pick up. They text me back. What's up? What do you need? I was just <laughs> wanted to chat. How you doing? Oh uh, yeah, I'm doing good. I'll talk, I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll send you a text later. Um, but yeah, there were so many phone calls and, but it was really the emotional, uh, gravity of what Monica was going through and really what Linda was going through, just listening to her. And she finally goes off on her. Yeah. But I mean, so part of me feels like, I mean, I just kind of always feel like that's the Linda Tripp excuse. Like he can't get away with this. How can he treat you this way? Like, how come her, you didn't back up your friend, you know, who got pushed up against the wall and, and groped in the oval, you know, but, is it because Monica's young reminds you of your daughter or something? But at the same time, that freak out happened directly after Monica's like, Oh yeah. And Bill called me, you know, and it was, it's it, again, it just feels like there's some weird underlying jealousy there. Like I felt like that was more of a, like, I'm jealous. I don't want to hear your, about your conversation with him, even though she knows like every single detail of their relationship. It just seems so random that she flew off the handle that way. I don't know. I, I mean, she's, that's she's interesting. 
That's a really interesting take. You know, I guess that's, I mean, that's why it was kind of a confusing thing for me. Um, and there, there have been a couple other times where she's just really like, she'll have a very odd response. Like I think once when she's like, Oh, I went to go see him just like her look and her face and her body language. And that one time she's watching the inauguration and it's like, she's entranced by the bill on the screen. (laughs) I mean, it's just something weird, underlyingly weird. there. I mean, it is, I mean, it is very much like someone who gets, who is so bitter and so angry and feels so powerless and so alone too, and unloved and untouched, you know, there, there was, there was a line there where I think at one point, you know, when she, when she, when she, when she's going to kind of come clean to her and Mm -hmm. she instead says, Oh, I lost four pounds. And this eventually turns into finding the dress, which it was that dress it was. Yep. It was. And the gap bag was still there on the ground too, just to remind us. Um, but uh, she, uh, what was I going to say? Um, it's like she was going to come clean. Then she comes up with this lie that kind of sucks her back in. But she, there, there is, a, there's a heart to her, you know. And I, I have to say that w- when she went off on Monica. At the end there, I kind of agreed. I was, I I think the show did something interesting here. And I think it was pretty deep for me. Maybe, I don't know if it hit you the same way where I was feeling a bit, I think they, there were some scenes there where I could kind of empathize with Linda Tripp. And in a yeah. sense, I kind of, I could, they, she did so, and maybe it's just the acting too is so good that I see who she is, but still I find her interesting to watch and it's, yeah. they're doing a good job of not making her so distasteful and bitter that you don't even want to be on the screen with, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you don't yeah. even want to, cause sometimes that can happen on a show. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, I think you're right. There are certain aspects to her that you, you know, you can find empathy toward. I mean, the thing that's, I think, the worst about this whole thing is Monica is her friend and Monica puts herself into that friendship, you know, it's, and it probably is one of the few people that actually cares about Linda, uh, to be honest, you know, um, and Linda knows that she's kind of a detestable person, you know, um, the white house, they see me as a target. They threw me away like a piece of trash. Yeah. And it's like, was it really just the white house? You know, um, have there been other points in your life where you felt thrown away like a piece of trash? Well, she did and mention so, the, the ex-husband, the, the yes. little, like the short guy stopped paying alimony. Paying alimony. I know. I caught that. I was like, oh, okay. But like her kids don't really seem to uh, give a crap about her. and They don't even give her a birthday gift. I know. And they don't, you know, it doesn't seem like she has any other friends outside Monica really, except for these people she's skeeving with, you know, Lucy Ann, this, uh, you know, woman that's going to help her get the novel, you know, a journalist at Newsweek maybe, but those, those aren't friends. That's just, you know, the climbing in, in Washington. And, um, 
I don't know. And, and maybe that's part of also why she's, she's jealous of the relationship with Bill. Like at least someone's interested in Monica from a emotional and, and physical, you know, a member of the opposite opposite sex, emotional and physical standpoint yeah. and gives her presence. And, you know, it's like the whole, it's something she hasn't had in years. And maybe even when she had it, it wasn't that good, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. You're right. Um, her relationship with Monica is one that really started because of the affair, right? For Linda, she wants that information for Monica. It's just another kind of bad choice, right? Like a a person to get involved with or to trust. I think that she is alone and she's, you know, been, obviously she's having an affair with the president. She's a, she's away from her home. She's young. This is a, one of her first, you know, like her first job at a college and whatnot. Right. Um, Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. I was just going to say, you know, when I came out of college, you know, and of course you're one of the youngest people working there, right. You're fresh out of college. And so, you know, as a young woman, you're looking to some of the other women around you that have been working for a longer time to kind of learn from, and that's who you have to bond with at work. You know, sometimes it's not like there are a lot of people your own age at a company. Like I was thinking about my first job out of school and I think there was one other girl that was kind of hired in my hiring group, um, at the company I worked for that was just out of college too. Like one out of maybe like 20 of us that ended up getting jobs there at that point, you know? So, you know, most of like, there are a couple other people in their late twenties, but most people are in their thirties and forties and even older, you know? Um, so that's kind of who you had to hang out with. And so of course you establish friendships and sometimes you think of them as moms and of course you trust them. Why wouldn't you? Right. Out of college, like they, they've, you know, been doing this a while. I should learn from them. And, you know, I don't know. I do. I do think though, that if you're kind of psychoanalyzing a little bit, a little armchair Freud here, I do think also in this episode, Monica and Linda talk about what you brought up, her relationship with the drama tech coordinator Mm -hmm. or teacher at her school. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think that that is, that's why I bring that up is I think that they are writing within this episode a bit of a, I just feel like it's a bit of a switcheroo and I like it in that we are in the other episodes. Monica was, I think a bit stronger. We were seeing more, more aspects of her being sure headed and confident and going after bill when she wanted him. Right. And in this episode, it's, it's, she's totally the whole thing is just about her getting back into the white house, right? Just getting back with him following through on the kind of the journey that Linda sent her down. Uh, and we see more of her vulnerability. And we also, we see a little bit more of Linda's power actually being the, the thing we were joking with her about last episode or making fun of her. Like you want to be so powerful. 
she really is she really is kind of the manipulator here isn't she oh yeah so oh definitely she, so she's kind of it's just, i find it i think they just did a really great job and i mean that's what impressed me the most about this episode um but oh to get back to what we were saying about monica i still do think it's a bad decision though i think that they're trusting linda was obviously Basically, if Monica had had some more positive people around her or say yeah. instead of meeting a Linda Tripp, she had met a woman who could was mature and not and happy and could guide her and say, mm-hmm. hey, Monica, this isn't the best thing for you. You're really upset. Right. You know, like you probably shouldn't call him. Um, that's not a good idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. come hang out with me and l- let me let me really be a mom to you. But you can kind of see the dysfunction of her and Linda, too, because if like if this is how Linda would treat her own daughter, then there's a reason why her daughter doesn't give her a birthday gift. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, she's not. Yeah. You know, it's 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 really so codependent and. Like when they're on the phone, uh, you hang up. No, I'll hang up. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. It's interesting, and even we see Linda manipulating the um, the Vernon Jordan situation. Yep. Right. Yep. Because it, it, it I mean, <clears throat> reading what really happened, there seems to be still a lot of gray area around how he really got involved in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Was it, you know, Clinton directly told him or, or, you know, maybe Betty told him to do this, but, um, it, in this anyway, Linda has planted the seed in Monica to ask Bill specifically, because I think she, because she knew for Newsweek to cover it, um, there had to be something more than just the affair. There had to be some type of quid pro quo. And so... Uh, did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, my words got a little mixed up in my <laughs> no, head. You're absolutely but, um, right. pro quo. But um, you know, so she she manipulated that to work to her own advantage to get this story out. You know, which is somehow even worse than taping conversations. I don't know. It's just. This woman is just such a, I mean, you, I can see you sympathizing with her a little bit, but she's really horrible. Oh, Um, most definitely. Most definitely. My credit is owed to the writers, actors and actresses, uh, and people involved in the show, not Linda Tripp. (laughs) Right. I just think that the, my commentary is that they did a very effective job of, making me interested in what could have been a very blatant, you know, mustache twisting. Um, It's complicated. She's a complicated woman. The situation is complicated. And the way that it actually rolls into our overall impeachment theme of her going to the book editor the book editor saying you need more evidence, mm-hmm. the evidence starting the taping, the taping leading to the dress, leading to the meeting with Isakoff, who talks about the quid pro quo and such of that, right? 
which was something that we talked about too, Gina. I was, when he was saying that to her, I was like, hey, that's what Gina and I talked about in the first episode. That he's not firing her. He's not punishing her. He did not have a... His methodology was literally one of a sex addict, right? Like he mm-hmm. was he was interested in that. He was not then like um burying these women immediately or acting vengeful. We're gonna see what aspect where which this is where they might come in what you say, where they might start blaming Hillary for that aspect of it, right? Um, but I think that that was really masterful, the step-by-step process of their relationship. And it is so sad because all the time Monica's sitting there and for her, she's just missing a guy that she loves, you know? know, and, and meanwhile, on the other side, Linda Tripp is climbing this ladder, which eventually leads us, of course, to the the friends of uh, <laughs> the elves, the, the elves, right? Um, the elves of Ann Coulter. Uh, Ann Coulter, of, uh, the, the wraith. <laughs> I was going to call her from like uh, she's like the wraiths from yeah, the Lord she, of the Rings. You know, she's not Snow White, but no, she's tall, she's something. Yeah, what she's they, a witch. Yeah, what, what, what did they call David Bowie? The thin, tall duke, or something like that. Like. I, I don't oh. know if it's going to come up with something <laughs> on the other end for her, but just like the tall Satan. But it, it's, it yeah. was really great the way step by step we got to see this process go. But also the way the thing that occurred to me is there is an overall let's get Bill Clinton, right? Everyone, oh, definitely. There, yeah. That's definitely there. But there is, it's layered into it is this self-righteousness of trying to protect Monica or yes. how could he yeah. do this to these women, you know, where all they want to do is use those women too. And right. that's the ultimate hypocrisy of it. And they really, they're doing a great job of not laying that on too thick, but allowing the question like they did with the OJ one, you know, Ryan Murphy's really holding back because, you know, he can, I mean, oh gosh, I'm watching American Horror Story at the same time I'm watching this. <laughs> and yeah. Are you watching that too? No, okay, I had to stop watching it the moment I saw someone trapped in a mattress and that was it for oh, okay. me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, in that hotel one. I was like, uh-uh, oh, nope, this isn't oh, going to happen. Oh, other seasons are so good. Oh yeah, we talked about this, but I love yeah. it's It's so weird and over the top and they just churn through plot and I'm just really, to watch these at the same time is so interesting and know that it's coming from the same person is it just shows you what a professional he is. Oh yeah. I mean, he's masterful. I don't know if you ever watched Glee, but that show is brilliant in its own space of the world. Right. You know, he just does some really phenomenal stuff. Oh, and Hollywood on Netflix. That was another one that was great. Um, that he did. He's yeah. He's super talented. Um, super talented. Um, Oh, I wanted to mention something. You mentioned um, the Vernon Jordan stuff. 
Yeah. And that was great. Not only uh, the scene itself, we ha- but the ass slap, which I, happens. Yes, which did happen. <laughs> which really happened. I was going to say, I remember hearing about this. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, that did happen. Because um, I, I don't know. I was going to ask you if you remembered it. I didn't remember hearing about that. Okay. And and in one of those articles you said, she said she that it was really more like a swat on the butt that was like, come on, get out of here, kid. You know, like a like a fatherly, uncle-y, <laughs> whatever thing. You know, like if you'd taken him in an old folder and whacked her on the butt. But um, still, I mean, uh, we've come a long way from the 90s, yeah. sort of. We sure have. Well, that was in there for a reason, right? And yeah. I think that's one of the... Um, is it a time thing? Is it an ambiguity thing? Or is it just wrong? You know what I mean? And I think that that's, uh, including things like that in the show, make it yeah. really interesting. Because it, the way it happened and the look on her face, she did not seem pleased by it. Yeah. I think it's so. wrong coming from a person you've just met. Yeah, I don't think so much would smack you in the ass yeah. either. I don't want to get smacked in the ass by anybody. <laughs> um, Blair Underwood was great. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's always funny. When, and this show is doing a lot of it, taking really beautiful people and making them not so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's right? true. Yeah, yeah. So I really do think... Uh, they have done that. And I, I, I don't know. You know, I was thinking of the, I was looking too at some pictures of Monica Lewinsky um, around this time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think also that she, there, there was a little bit, I don't know. I think in choosing the actress, which they chose great, uh, her name is Beanie, right? Mm-hmm. Beanie Feldstein, she is definitely great, but it's de- they definitely went after a certain aspect of her personality that this actress exhibits more so than I think that there was a little bit more of a coolness, I think, that Monica Lewinsky had, a hipness that is not present in this portrayal. I can see that. Cause I, I think I remember looking at a photo too and I'm like, she looks so, um, just reserved, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just yep. Like, yeah. Kind of like a calm, cool, exactly. collected. Um, but you know, um, I don't remember hearing any audio of the actual tapes though. And so, you know, it's interesting because I'm sure Monica probably had some say in who was cast and there might be a way that she remembers herself in these situations. Mm, that's a good point. That yep. is that she was point. losing it. Right. Because I mean, you know, you, I think women in particular are very good at compartmentalizing to the outer world Um, you know, at least women of my generation, we were raised like, you, you don't raise your voice. You don't complain. 
you don't cry in public. You know, it's kind of this thing. You're expected to be a good girl. And Clinton says that to her a couple times. I thought you were a good girl, you know, and, um, and there's a big expectation, I think on my generation, I think the generation of kids coming up now have a totally different opportunity, especially the women, which is amazing, but you were really expected to be ladylike to dress a certain way and present yourself a certain way. Um, and then, you know, you get home from trying to keep that all together and you just like crumple. Right. I mean, I know there were times growing up, both my sister and I, you know, we were pretty much model students and everything out in public. And we grew up in a very small town and my teacher, my parents were teachers in the district. And sometimes we would get home and we just let loose. Like it would just be like a rage of emotion, either good or bad or ugly. And my parents are like, are you this way at school? We're like, no. And they go, oh, so you save it all for us. And it's like, well, how else, you know, if we did this at school, school, we'd get in trouble and then we'd be in trouble at home too. So, you know, um, I do think it's very different with with women at that time. And, you know, we do see her as, you know, she gets to know Betty and she knows Bill on a personal level. And so she loses it with those people. She feels safe with Linda. So she loses it with Linda and, um, you know, and then you keep a happy, smiling face when you're at work yeah, or, you know, you're, you're in public. right about that. I guess what I'm reacting to maybe is she seems a little bit more theatrical. And this is a dramatic portrayal. <laughs> and you do yeah. want more of a theatrical uh, person. I mean, I, you, you want someone who has that charisma, obviously, to be Monica. And it's great casting. I just think that everything is a little... A bent, you know, yeah, and I, well, and yeah, I'm, a little over drama, yeah, for sure. And that's definitely cool, but I do think that when I'm, uh, I did this week, I think after what well, I should say, just over the past week, and then upon watching the episode last night and during the day today, reading some articles and looking back at things a little bit more than I had because I, I kind of wanted to look at it as the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just kind of taken with that. Um, we didn't get to see, uh, we, we, we missed out this episode on, um, on, uh, uh, Paula Jones. Yeah. There was no Paula, no, Paula. no Anne, no Matt Drudge. Nope. Um, still no Hillary. And speaking of dramatic and over emotional, I can't wait for them to the release the Kraken, a.k.a. Hillary, because I think it's going to be epic. Yes. Like, we all heard stories about lamp throwing and stuff like that, and we've seen the look she gets on her face. You know, she holds it together. This is another example. A generation of women that was, you know, has to hold it together in public, and she more than others, and it actually didn't do her much good with the general public when she ran because she has been perceived as so cold for so long because she holds it together. What she's like behind closed doors is a whole nother thing that we might get some insight into. Yeah. Oh, that the last shot there was so ominous with, (laughs) you know, he's like a dog that knows he's shit in the corner and mom's going to find out. Yeah, but uh, he's just worried, you know, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen? What she, what is she going to do? 
and it's re- it really is interesting that we're four episodes in and you're going to introduce a major character uh, at that point. It's like Game of Thrones style where, yeah. you know, the person walks in and takes over the show because I think that that is going to happen. And we're seeing that because everything's spiraling, right? Everyone yeah. in this episode is spiraling in their own way. And whether, mm. um, inclu- I mean, we, we didn't talk a lot about there, and there's not a whole lot of Bill in this episode, but what we do get of him when he's calling to Monica to yell at her about calling yeah. Betty, which we found out from these articles did actually happen in that yes. week and Betty like <laughs> hung out together. It explains things to me. I didn't realize that they had a relationship outside of just this. They, I think Monica had, maybe she had many like, you know, older women that she looked up to or kind of that saw to mentor her in some way. But gosh, none of them had the good sense to. Like, well, yeah. To and, her. and, you know, Betty, if they were friends and hung out together, you know, supposedly she said, oh, well, I kind of suspected something was going on. Yeah. It's like, lady, come on. You're not that daft. And of course, you know, something's going on. You've told the president she's, you know, she's a good girl. She's going to keep stopping by. It's like, don't you kind of say, child, listen to me. This man is a great president, but he's no good for you in a relationship. You know what I mean? Like, and I kind of like, you know, she should have said that to Monica. So, I mean, and I think this also comes from the way we're kind of generationally raised up until, you know, five, 10 years ago, women are expected to put up with a lot of stuff. And I think it was a lot harder for women to be honest with with each other than saying, this is a bad situation. You need to get out of it. You know, it's, it's, well, I mean, it's also perhaps like you're saying in a sense too. Betty sees this as, uh, you know, not entirely her business to get into it that far, but then you are into it. I think it's a precarious situation because perhaps if she says something to Monica, who's to say that Monica won't say to Bill, Betty's telling me that we should, she doesn't know, right? She has to protect herself. I think the whole situation is just messed up and really... I mean, you know, it's Bill that's putting people in that situation by having the affairs like this and involving those other people yeah. in it. Like, just like he got in trouble involving the the famous, the Arkansas um, state troopers, Jennifer. you know, yeah, oh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So it's the same kind of thing. It's it's the it's the conspiracy surrounding it. Um and I think that that's a part of showing Betty too, because yeah. that's as the lie deepens, we're going to get into it. How about the part when he's in the office and the lawyer comes in and says, you know, we got this interesting name on this list. Bill. Oh, God. It's uh, the girl you're fucking or not really fucking, but uh, it's <laughs> right. Michael Lewinsky. Do you know this person? <laughs> oh, no. What am I fucking crazy? He says to him. Right. And it's like, yeah, you are, you, you, and you know it too, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I could, that was the one thing for me 
that continues to shock and amaze me. And it and I mentioned it the last episode it came through as well. How the gravity of what was happening did not occur to any of these people or I guess it's just like you're in this bubble. But then again, I say the same thing for when you hear the crazy shit that went on in the Trump White House or, you know what I mean? Or like stuff that, hell, when he walks down and he sees the picture of JFK with his head down, right? Like the shit that went on with JFK, it just, it it amazes me um, that you don't, in in this respect, especially when he's not coming in to tell you that a reporter asked a question, he's coming in to tell you that she is on a list of witnesses in a court case right. against the president, which the Supreme Court ruled was legal. This is big deal. And you're still lying. You know, like I, it just it's beyond me. It's I really it's so frustrating. So- so here's the thing, you know, when he's yelling at her for having this fight that kind of turns into a conversation, and I really appreciate the fact that she says, fuck you to him, <laughs> because um, because bad. I'm just like, you know what, he's not her president, he's her boyfriend, yeah. <laughs> and that's just kind of the way it is. But then she's like, okay, I'm going to move to New York, I need to get out of here, and and she says, you know, in you know, asks him for help with the job. And she goes, you know, when I leave, I'm never going to see you again. And he's like, well, that's not true. We're going to spend a lot of time in New York after I'm done here. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just kind of like, I mean, I know it went down bad and dirty. And I'm sure these two have never spoken again. Well, I'm not sure. But it kind of makes you wonder they both, I kind of completely forgot that they have both been in the New York vicinity yeah, and in, in reach of each other for a very long time since he left office. Um, and it just kind of, I was like, Oh, you know, this is because, and just the fact that he's lying about it now, or at least not telling the truth Mm. makes me think that, he somehow thinks if he doesn't admit to it, he can still have it later. Yep. Yep. He loves her. He, and I, he does. I really, I, and I said to my wife, I pause the TV. Like I say, I say, honey, I got to throw a pee down real quick here and, and chat <laughs> with you. And I said, let's, let's imagine a scenario in which Monica Lewinsky never meets Linda Tripp. Okay. She just goes to work at the Department of Defense. She gets upset sometimes. She calls she calls Bill. And then after a while, she just moves to New York, right? Time goes by. There's no impeachment. (laughs) Okay? This is the scenario. He gets out of office. They go to Brooklyn and they open the big, because I was there when this happened, and they open the, you know, the uh, the Clinton Foundation, all that kind of stuff. And guess who walks in one day to say hi? 
It's Monica. Mm-hmm. She's not she's not trying to get with him. She just says, Hey Bill, how you doing? And he says, Hi, Monica. And they and he says, Maybe we could get a coffee. And they get a coffee. And then he leaves Hillary for Monica Lewinsky in like 2005 or something, you know, like I, as she is, what, what yeah, was Hillary I mean, at then? She was embroiled in her own political career. Yeah, she so, had become, I think, a senator. Yeah. And if she had had that career, I mean, He's bored. at that point, maybe he could have left her. And yeah. honestly, had they divorced, I actually think if they had divorced, she could have still become president and probably would have been more likely to oh, have. Definitely. I think more women would have had respect for her totally. if she had um left him. But, you know, and then sometimes I still kind of wonder, I mean, I don't, I don't think Monica Lewinsky is ever married. And I mean, for all we know, they buried the hatchet years ago and they are still having something. That's, <laughs> that's it. That is in the wildest of wilds, right? He I, has secret service. They're yeah. kind of bound to secrecy. You know, it's not, it's not on. It's not impossible. If we found out it was true. Hey, look, J-Lo and Ben Affleck got back together, right? I know. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. What a that's, joke. <laughs> that's like the other 90s relationship. Um, I don't know. I mean, it just, it really does make you think. And you're right. The answer to my frustration is emotion, love, human, hum, humanity, yeah. right? It was that in the end... The thing that's getting everyone in this show, there are crafty people, they are manipulative and want to take down the Clintons, but I think the show is doing a really good job of giving us a human emotion and and, um, a reason for the actions of these people, and it comes from their own, you know, their own feelings, their own emotions, be they, be it love, bitterness, regret, um, vanity, whatever they're, you know, they're showing that. But I do, I do, when, when, when they had that little conversation there, you know, and you'd be like, oh, I'd be in New York, you know, like I started to think yeah. of an alternate universe where, you know, they do. And then like years later, it comes out. Yeah, we had an affair while she was an intern, you know, and it's yeah. like a Woody Allen soon ye thing or something. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> it's a little like, more on the up and up yeah. than that. Uh oh, let's um, not bring that up. I was um, I was also going to say you mentioned the emotion, and honestly, those two are the only ones that have or and or express love in this whole true. show so far. Yeah, right. You haven't seen Hillary yet. It is Somehow a tragedy, I don't, you know? This it, is a it, tragedy. It, it could be very Shakespearean. I mean, you know, no one died. Well, well no one dies except, in the end. Except, you know, Linda was the last person to see Vince Foster alive. Oh, so, <laughs> Right. She and got that hit list. Oh, that hit list on her death. Oh, I wanted to say, yeah, I'm looking at your notes. Yeah, that oh, clip. I remember, I can remember... I was probably, it was at Rutgers and I didn't even have a computer in my dorm 
And I would have to go and take the bus to like Bush campus. I was on Livingston campus because the computer lab was closed over break or because I used to just hang out or like I would just stay at school. I only lived a half an hour away, so I could just kind of go back and forth. And uh, I remember getting that Clinton hit list on some like email that somebody sent me <laughs> the drudge report yeah, probably but i can just rem- i remember that and thinking to myself like and that was early on t- i mean that thing was gosh that was going around you know during his first uh during his first um uh what should i say four years as president you know and it just grew yeah. longer and longer. And then I remember seeing, like, every five years I'd see it, and it'd be like a longer list. And there'd be people on it that would be like, I don't know, someone, I don't know if someone's even alive, like Diane Warwick, under, <laughs> like, she met with Clinton, and four days later, she had, to, you know, she was seen at a Clinton uh, fundraiser. And then, and it's like, okay, you're, you're really pushing it here. But that's something I wanted to mention. Um, Lucianne, our our uh, book deal, big book deal here, um, does mention, and in one of the articles, I think it was the Slate one, they she talks about how that li- part of the taping, right, was literally that there was this kind of fear of the Clintons, and that mm. the t- the taping stemmed less from like evidence for a book or helping Monica, but more so that when Linda told her story, she would have evidence that could protect her against the onslaught of the Clinton lawyers or PR Uh machine. And I thought that was interesting because that kind of is foreshadowing Hillary in a way too. And I saw that in this episode as well the foreshadowing of the power of the Clintons. So far, we've seen Bill in very awkward situations and situations where he seems less than presidential, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm interested to see as Hillary enters the scene to kind of like, you know, clean up the joint, um, are we going to see more of that power? Because there's no doubt that, yes, there were people who were after the Clintons from the get-go because mm-hmm. of who they are, what they represented, their political party, a plethora of reasons. Um, but conversely, the Clintons were very powerful people, and they their reach was vast. Um, yeah. You know, as we've yeah. seen the last how many years of them being in the spotlight and in the political eye, right? And Hillary running for president and her career as well as a senator. And yeah. so I think that that's going to be interesting to see um, how they represent them as a power couple, right? Yeah. Bonnie and Clyde, right? Hillary and that's, oh, wait, is that Jay Z and Beyonce? <laughs> I can't remember all these power couples, right? That's the thing. Will and Jada. Will and Jada, they're the power couple now. Well, yes, and they finally admitted that they've got an open marriage. Yeah. yeah. You know what? That was annoying because it was like a year ago that kind of came out and they walked it back. But then it's like, oh, but I'm going to be on GQ. It's so – it's just very – 
they're very uh they're very uh, transparent about the way that they move the dots around uh will smith and plus you know i have a People who have listened to some of our other podcasts know that I have a gripe against Will Smith because I think he's a fantastic actor, but I think mm-hmm. he chooses the worst roles. I don't think he challenges himself <laughs> at all. I really don't. I think he's out to be a superstar, not an actor. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that could be. He's a celebrity. He's not an actor. He's a celebrity. He hasn't broken into the Marvel universe, though. (laughs) He could be a great actor. Hey, six degrees of separation, he showed. And other things, too. He is a great actor. But he just has never chosen the roles. You know, Ali, that was good. That was almost good. But that was such a clean biopic. It was not. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the. Okay. Uh, The Annie Lennox CD was real. Yes. That must have been the one with walking on broken glass, I would guess. I think so, right? That makes the, I wish, why didn't they play that? I don't know. That's, you know? that's what was out when I was in college. Yeah. So maybe it was one that came after that. I had also forgotten that Monica and Linda called him, or at least Monica called him the big creep. Yeah. The big creep. Which that was hilarious too. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> How did I forget that? Um, um there was, which oh, is, oh, another thing was, um, oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to say something? Oh, else? I was just going to say is a, it's a weird, but, and, and creepily affectionate nickname. <laughs> Yeah, the big creep. Oh, the thing about the not ejaculating was something that was very strange. And my wife remembered that I did not remember this from. I didn't either. But it's now doing some reading. It's a well-known thing. And it really. Uh, my wife says that what she has read has led her to believe that it really was purposeful to not leave DNA evidence. Yes. I, I, that's my thought as well. And I'm like, wow, that takes restraint. And (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm just going to like, that is, and it's very, that is, that sounds to me like more than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That sounds kinky to me. That sounds like it's part of the game that he played perhaps with these women and these relationships. Um, I just found it to be really interesting and strange, but I think there was much more to it than just, you know, either he didn't, you know, that whole... I think at one point there was a rumor out there that he had an illegitimate child mm, uh, <clears throat> true. that was conceived while he was married to Hillary. That's uh, in the, that's the uh, primary colors book is that's in yeah, the primary colors book, right? Yes. And yeah. And the movie, but I feel like there's, um, Oh, so that's been out there that too, not only DNA evidence, but act perhaps if you don't, you know, do that, you can't have a kid, right? Like it just kind of takes that out of the worrying, out of the equation. But I still think that it is part of the kink and part of the control aspect 
Um, as I think like he's a shark person and I think that this is my thing for this podcast, (laughs) shark people, you just have to, it's like everything is about some sort of control or conquering or, or power, you know? Um, but even the way she explained it, that whole conversation in the closet that they had there, you know, he doesn't like to do that. But that one time he just, he couldn't help himself after he won the election. Yeah. That's yeah. It's um, ironic, isn't it? <laughs> it is kind of. Um, <clears throat> so, okay, there was a rumor that Bill Clinton had an illegitimate child, okay. this guy named Danny Lee Williams. Yeah. And it was later refuted by DNA testing. Okay. I'm looking to see when that happened. Um, yeah, I could see that, though. It's just, I don't know, what a tangled web we weave, I think of that. <laughs> And, and again, yeah. man, why didn't they, they must have tried to get walking on broken glass? Cause as soon as she said that, that he gave me an Annie Lennox CD, that song came right into my head because it fits what's going on yes. in the episode sure so does. well, um, or like, would I lie to you? But that was a Eurythmic song, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, they were great. No. That was Annie Lennox. Oh, that was Annie Lennox too. Okay. Yeah. That was I'm pretty a great, sure that was yeah. on her, um, like that the diva solo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Supposedly they did a DNA test, but at this time there might not have been a DNA test. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think it was the DNA was just kind of coming on the scene. <clears throat> so um, one other thing I did want to uh mention is when we were talking about betty that the vulture article has um a good little recap of that and they they, it actually had a name the northwest gate incident when and i remembered this too i remember that's why i was surprised because i remember in my head there was one incident where monica showed up at the white house Right. And they use those words showed up at. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was it. This was it was when um, she got mad about he was supposed to get me a job. And and then she turned into that angry phone call where then Bill gets calls her back. So this incident did occur. And it was actually, this was the most famous incident of kind of Monica pushing it and right. pushing back at her. Um, but I also, it, it reminded me of Bill saying to her, Monica on the phone, um, Betty didn't escape Jim Crow, Crow South to get a phone call from <laughs> Oh man! Like, cry me a river, dude. Like, what are you? What are you talking? Why are you even mentioning that? Like, that is so weird. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what. It just—it's just like in a different dimension of time and space. Like, you've got to throw her bona fides in there. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe that's just the way he talks. Like, he's so smooth, you know, when he's giving speeches, but. He might pull that stuff out, just like, you know. Yeah, that's why um, I was happy when she said to him, fuck you. I know. I felt the same way. I don't know. You know oh, I, did, I, feel, I did feel the same way. Um, yeah. It was also just, I'm just looking at some of this stuff here, that Vulture article. But um, 
when that Newsweek story came out, and that kind of is in the beginning of the episode that was took up really last episode, mm-hmm. that again, it just shocks me. Like, this is what I'm saying, just to get back to that point from earlier, where they, they are like being mentioned in Newsweek, the New York Times. Like, there's huge, this is it obviously blowing the fuck up. Yeah. And they're you, all still you- doing it. You'd have a team at the White House working on putting out the fires of this shit. I don't get it. I don't. It's really kind of incredible. It really is crazy. Yeah. Again, it made me think of the stuff you hear about, like Trump eating fucking chicken nuggets at 3 a.m., throwing shit at the TV. Like, no matter what a person position they're in or what they've done with their life, they still eat and drink and shit. Right. Like we're all still people and people still, even if the story, it's like, obviously you should never even go anywhere near her. Like, why did he call her? Right. Like, it's just, this is like basic shit of when you're watching, uh, like a horror movie, you know, or like you're watching somebody commits a crime and then they pick up their cell phone or they pay with a credit card and you're like, they can track you. <laughs> you know, like, you're just like, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. But then again, it makes me think they just are living their life and it's normal, I guess, for them. Oh, they know this person, they're famous or this, they you know, and for Linda, She's soaking yeah. it all in and they're going <clears throat> along. So, but I don't know, just kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty crazy. Um, Man. I don't know. Do we got anything else? What else happened in this app? This was a fun one. Um, I had forgotten as a PR person, I had forgotten that, that Monica was also interested in getting a job at one of the big PR agencies in New York, which they all have San Francisco offices too. And you could have worked with her, Gina. Well, you know, I, I don't, I think she would have found out what entry level salary was and, and shirked because you do not start out getting paid well in PR. Like it's, it's, you know, it's like entry level, but, um, I think she actually could have been a great PR person because she's very charismatic. She's smart. She's charming. Um, and she kind of says to Linda, well, you should have, you should go into PR if that's what you want. Linda would be a freaking terrifying PR person. Like, you know, especially if she entered the game, like at this point in her life, she, she would have been bananas, scary to work for could you imagine oh my god i I couldn't i couldn't i could not imagine it um i couldn't imagine it (laughs) well i guess it would be a similar to what's the uh the devil wears prada yeah although (laughs) yeah similar but different (laughs) not as much style definitely not as much style. um yeah man This, this yeah i mean she is definitely the focus. Those phone calls, which really take up so much of this episode, um, really, yeah. really great. Oh, the one thing I did want to say is I had talking about that with my wife as a former journalist, every state has different rules about who has to know when a call is being recorded. So in the state of New York, 
you can record a phone call as long as one party knows that the call is being recorded. Meaning that when I was working as a reporter, all right, maybe it's reversed, but either way, New York and New Jersey have different rules. So if I was a reporter and I was in New Jersey, anyone I called, I had to tell them if I was recording. Right. I didn't really yeah. have to because as a reporter, you're only using the call for notes. You're not, and right. I was never doing anything. I was, re- I was writing articles about like the guy who g- won the Guinness World Record for donating <laughs> blood the most times. Okay, I was right. writing feature articles for the Star Ledger, and I, re- of course, you always recorded your calls. I would say, at the very beginning, I'd say, "Hey, look, I'm not. I want to talk to you, so I'm going to record this call and let, take the notes later." So I don't have to be writing while I'm talking to you. And they'd say, sure. And I say, I'm never going to let anyone else hear this. So don't worry about it. And I never did. But in some states, you didn't have to tell them. I think in New York, I just recorded everything. And you were not legally bound because as long as one person knew, no one was being spied on. You catch my drift? So I couldn't record a call between you and your friend, Gina. But I can record a call between you and me. Right. Right. Without telling you. Um, so was actually, was she in trouble? Truthfully in the end? Yes. She did get charged with wiretapping in the state of Maryland because you have to tell the person in Maryland. Um, but the charges were eventually dropped and those charges, when it comes to journalistic things or crimes that are being committed, Those laws are usually very easily skirted, uh, you know, depending on the case. Mm -hmm. That's not a very strict. That's like copyright stuff. You know, you have to sue. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be able to call up a newspaper and say, hey, they recorded me. You can't put that in the paper. They're going to be like, sue us. You know, so there is legal ramifications, but whether or not they actually happen is few and far between, though there are some famous cases of things getting tossed because someone would made an illegal recording or a wiretap, as they call it, because it's considered wiretapping in a state where you have to tell the person. Uh, otherwise, yeah. it's just recording a phone call for a journalist. And actually, I, I'm pretty sure it was New York that you didn't have to tell the person because of the so many newspapers being from there. And those rules did come from, when you look back in the law, and I know this from journalism school, a lot of those rules did come from journalists mm-hmm. suing yeah. for the right to be able to record things because it's awkward to tell people you're recording them. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I get on calls with execs and journalists and... It's not often um, someone asks to record, but sometimes they do. Um, even, even I think if they're in New York, just to just to say, I'm gonna, you know, or they say I'm gonna record this. Is that okay with you? Um, yeah, I'll have to uh, pay a little more attention. Like, what <laughs> state are you in? Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's only really gonna matter if somebody sues you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And guess what? Destroy the tapes, then you have no evidence. Yeah. Um, One last thing before we go. Okay. That I wanted to bring up because this actually got in my craw a little bit, as they say. Oh, okay. The married guy that, um, that 
Monica had an affair with that sh that it came out I think I don't know I think that it actually came out because of some testimony or something that Linda Tripp mentioned? No, I, it, I think it came out because when it hit that Monica was, this whole thing happened, I think he ended up giving a news conference saying, well, I had an affair with Monica Lewinsky and she's a liar and you can't trust her. Okay, that's what I wanted to bring up. Um, I think that the whole situation... I wonder if they're going to get into that because they mention it in the show. So I think we're going to see this um, be, uh, because for me, I was the question was who outed him? Because if she outed him in some way, that's not really nice. But if he was outed because uh, the Linda Tripp thing, I thought I remembered that um Ever, that something came out because of her testimony, but I guess that's not true. That's is uh, you're saying he no. outs himself. I think he outed himself. Um, I'm looking at ooh the original article that was in the Washington Post. Um, he supposedly disclosed it to a lawyer. Okay. He did. Okay. Yeah, and but then they did have a new to conference. Figure it out though. You know what I mean? You, you, you know, if you know where, like, what she was involved, which theater groups or whatever she was involved with, it would have been. What well, was it? Beverly Hills High School. Yeah. So I think that that's, um, that whole thing is, is, I think, a little bit different than when we talked about it, too, I wanted to mention. Because I think that that, you know. Yeah, it, it did seem the way that it was portrayed in this show. She did. It did seem as though it became a very domineering type relationship where he was controlling her and, and from her point of view. Yeah. Um, um, so I just want to bring that up because I think that's kind of complicated, too. That was not really like I yeah. just had an affair with an older guy. There seemed to be more levels to it as there often is. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i'm I'm just interested to see let's keep let's keep watch i mean we've got six episodes left but i i think if you mention that you're gonna you're gonna that's gonna pop up i wonder who they'll get to play this guy <laughs> um that's that's interesting i'm, I'm just think i just thought, i don't know for some reason i thought they could this could be some fun casting all of a sudden somebody pops up and that's who it's andy Bly, blyler yeah, well, I'm looking at some old pictures, and if 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 what I'm looking at's right, he was kind of like a long, blonde-haired, sensitive ponytail type. Oh, uh, okay. All right. um, oh, he actually uh, he seems to be a pretty good-looking guy now. Uh, older guy. Um, well, he's he's got you know kind of the gray going on. I, I just wonder if he still lives in your hometown, and if you've ran into this guy. I mean, uh, in Portland. No, I haven't run into. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I knew that too. That was uh, my wife said that he still lives here. Um, oh boy! But that is that's a harsh thing for him to say. I had an affair with her. I think it's important people to know she's not telling the truth. She's a liar and a manipulator. It just seems like anybody in the sphere, there was not one motherfucker involved in this situation 
that stood up and went, yo, this is fucked up. I don't want to have anything to do with it. (laughs) Not one smart person who was like, this is really all terrible. You know, like I don't want to make a bad comment right now. That's why I kind of respected Betty a little bit for just not saying anything, you know, like I kind of respect that a little bit. Like this just seems like, ugh. like if you were involved in it, just wash your hands of it and try to get on with your life the best you can. Yeah. And that's what we'll do when we're back for next week on episode five. Oh man, (laughs) what a transition. All right, I think we hit the end of the episode. I think we did. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, Well, next week will be fun. We're going to have Matt Murdock on. Matt is going to bring us some amazing insights. Maybe he even has some musical insights to the show. Has there been much music in this show? Most, I, th- you know, that's interesting. I, I, it's not something that I've noticed except for the uh, popular music that's every once in a while been on it, right? Yeah. I'd be curious. Like, she started listing off songs that she was making, I think, him a mixtape. <laughs> 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 I think Closer to Fine was one of them, the Indigo Girls. I think that Closer would make sense. That was a, that was in, in that age for sure. <laughs> All right. We'll be back next week. Once again, everyone, thank you so much for downloading. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we were going to have DJ Tim Hines on today. He wasn't able to make it. So we have rescheduled him and his dad jokes for later in the season. We look forward to that. And Hey, if you're listening and you wanted to come on and chat with us. If you're a podcaster, if you have some experience, you have a mic, give us a shout or send us an email at dvrpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much, Gina. Any final words? Oh, I give this episode one dirty gap dress and three berets. <laughs> All right. I like it. I like it. I think I'm going to give this one. Well, Gerald McRaney canceled his tour, so I can't give any episodes of Major Dad. Um, But I will give this four broken cassette tapes that were left on the side that could not be used because Linda was so frustrated in trying to get that tape in there. And the, the funny thing, too, is... The one time that she didn't record was when she got angry and when Monica said actually like the best stuff. <laughs> like, right? like, That's probably true. Yeah, she kind of outlined the whole relationship and she wasn't recording. It was the real. Oh, maybe thing. that's why she was so mad. She wasn't recording. Yep. It was like oh, the woman. realest thing, you know, like the real stuff you save for reality. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Peace out. <laughs>